Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ is referred to as the Church of Christ in Romans 16 and verse 16 because Jesus built it and he called it his own. When he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, Matthew 16 and 18. Jesus gave himself for his church, Ephesians 5:25. He purchased the church with his own blood, Acts 20 and verse 28. Jesus is the head over all things to the church, which is his body, Ephesians 1, 22 through 23. There is only one body, Ephesians 4 and verse 4. The church is Christ's body, and the members of the body make up the church. Jesus is the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5, 23. We read in Acts 2 and, and verse 47, The Lord added daily to the church those who were being saved. So therefore, people who obey the plan of salvation are then added to his church, the church of Christ. But who are the saved? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16 and verse 16. Our lesson today is by Joe Fox. He's bringing us a wonderful lesson on you were born to win and not to lose. But my friend, if you were born to win, you must obey the plan of salvation and become a member of the Lord's Church, the Church of Christ. I hope that you enjoy the lesson today and please like us on Facebook. Walking in sunlight all on my journey Over the mountains, through the neighborhood Jesus has said, I'll never forsake Promising mind that never can fail Heavenly Son, Heavenly Son 
Another story. A guy, 22 years old, lost his right arm in an attempted burglary in the burglary in New York City. After having broke a, broken a plate glass window, he reached inside and lived out a TV set that was on display. And as he did so, a big section of the plate glass dropped, almost severing his arm. At Coney Island Hospital, Dr. Fanny Nessler amputated the arm above the elbow. On the left arm was tattooed, born to lose. Something is lacking in our society when a fatalistic attitude is so developed among young people. Society has failed to instill within youth an appreciation of life and the reason for living. Man is not born to lose. Man is born to glorify his creator by useful living. And happiness is to be found only when that purpose is served. It is high time that society reevaluate our influences and rechart our course. The ship of state is steered into turbulent waters when materialism becomes our goal. As long as success in life is emphasized by the bad people of this world, you know, we, we need to realize and understand that uh, we're not born to lose. We're born to gain heaven. We're, we're born, born with an attitude and a goal to when this life is over, to enjoy the beauties of heaven. You know, we're born to, to, to amplify God. We're born, born to, to uh, exhort His name. We're born to walk in His footsteps. He didn't promise us a rose garden here, but He did promise us heaven when this life is over. And we have hell to shun and heaven to gain. You know, the Bible says that if in this life only we have hope, we're alone in most misery. When you, when you look around us, if this world is all that there is to it, and when we die, we're just like old rubber dead all over, then what is life? But James tells us our life's a vapor and it appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. We're all headed for an eternity. From the time we're born until the time we die, we're headed for a never-ending eternity somewhere. And we're not born to lose. We're born to save our soul, to gain heaven when this life is over. That's the attitude of people today. Well, you can't have this, you can't have this, you can't do this, you can't do that. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can have everything that I have need of in this life if I put my trust and my hope in the God of heaven. If I realize that there's truly a God up there and I live my life each day expecting one day to see Him, understanding that there's a purpose in life, if I live my life every day and I want to fight somebody, but to help somebody, even though they may spit upon me and they may false accuse me, hey, I'm in good company. You know, they spit on the Lord. 
They falsely accused him. Why? Well, because he healed all manner of sickness and diseases. He made the lame to walk, and the deaf to hear, and the dumb to speak, and the blind to see. He raised the dead. You know, you don't go about doing good to people. If you go out doing good to people, they'll talk about you. They'll spit upon them. They'll say they've done it for had an alternative motive. What's in it for him? What was in it for him was he said, Lord, it's written in the volume of the book, I come to do thy will, O God. You know, and when they're hanging on the cross, he said, it's finished. The work that thou gave us may do, it's finished. You know, he did his will. And he tells us that we must do his will. No one born to lose. Well, God's purpose is that each is born to win. He has shared His blessings and love upon us to that end. But if we are to win and not lose, we must learn to abide by the rules of the game. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You know, <clears throat> have you deemed yourself this morning unworthy of eternal life? You know, people, uh, over passage of time here in Acts 13 chapter, uh, they would not accept Paul and Barnabas' teachings. And he said, it's necessary because you uh, judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. We'll turn to the Gentile. You know, you can preach and preach and preach to people and uh, the Word of God just doesn't have any effect on them. Have you judged yourself unworthy of eternal life? You know, God didn't see it that way. We are all put here for the purpose of saving ourselves. We're here put, put here for the purpose and the abilities to have heaven when this life is over. And and you don't give up on the job. You know, they talk, this sort of talks about this being a game. It ain't no game. This is life. And if you want to win, win in life, then you, we must do what God commands us to do. Realizing the, the power of the old devil. The old devil, you know, he say, yeah, that, that, that boy, he's got a problem. Yeah, uh, he, he has, he's got a problem. Uh, he, he kills his parents. You know, he, he's, a, he, he's a drunkard. You know, he's a liar. You know, can't believe a word that he said. You know, there's there's uh, 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 something lacking there. You know, somewhere down the line, something wasn't done right. And you know, we got a world full of people out there today that things ain't been doing done right. Oh yeah, there's buildings all over the country this morning that's full of people, and them lying preachers is telling them that they ain't nothing for them to do. And Jesus done it all. Their sins have been forgiven. Just accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. On the day of Pentecost, when that first gospel sermon was preached, was crucified, buried, and resurrected, Lord, they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, that's all. Ain't nothing to do. Jesus done it all. 
They said, Amen, brother, what shall we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then he goes on to say, For the promise to you and to your children, to all them that are far off, and many of the Lord our God shall call. You know. And how do we call them? We call them by the gospel. We call them by the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We call them by uh, preaching Christ and Him crucified. The gospel. If the gospel won't, won't turn you around, if you can't believe that Jesus come and died on the cross for your sins, if you can't believe that He did uh, of His own free will, the Father sent Him, and He willingly died on that old cross for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. And He established His church. Someone comes along and tells you that uh, there's nothing in the name. And uh, whatever kind of vehicle they're driving, just say, well, that's, that's the facts. You just let me drive that vehicle you're driving there. And I, it, I, I, it's mine. And you'll have an argument out of it. If you just tell them, well, you know, that property that you own, your house, your home, you know, I'm just going to move in tomorrow. And you'll have an argument out of it. But it, when it comes to the most important thing of all, and that's the salvation of her soul, their soul, or just any old thing will do. That ain't the way it is. But they're still speeding upon our Lord. We need to realize and understand God's not well pleased with that. In Romans chapter 6, and there beginning with one, verse 1, he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead sin live any longer therein? He said, No, you're not. That's so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, and like Christ was raised up from the death of the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our own man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then not sin, therefore reigning no more about it, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But ye yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have not, not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye give yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin or the death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. 
But you have a laboring heart in that form of doctrine which you should rebuke. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. We need to realize that it goes on to say in verse 20 of the same chapter, For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. But fruit, what fruit have ye then in those things for whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become service to God, ye have your fruits unto holiness, the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Understanding where you're at this morning, I ask you, have you deemed yourself unworthy of eternal life? I know that there are those here that's heard the gospel talk time and time again. I know that you know what sin is. I know that there's things that uh, in this life we have to decide are we going to live for God or are we going to continue doing the things that we do. What things in our life is there that we can't give up to serve the Lord? You know, the Lord was tempted in all manners as we, in Matthew the fourth chapter, there the devil gave him every, showed him everything that the world had to offer. But he was the Son of God. He come from heaven. He knew his duty. He understood that the devil had these things, but these things were going to pass away. The Bible tells us that if we gain the whole world and lose our soul, what will we give in exchange for something? You know, the old rich man, he, he, he had everything. He's clothed in purple and fine linen for something every day. And Lazarus was a baby that was full of souls. And he was carried and laid at the, the rich man's gate. And more the dog came and licked his souls. And, you know, he died. And the rich man died. All that Lazarus ever desired was the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. The Bible don't even say that he got past it. And the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And he looked afar off and seen Lazarus and Abraham's bosom. He said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he might dip his finger in water and come and cool my tongue. What did he ever do for Lazarus? Twice and Lazarus cross over and cool his tongue. He thought about Lazarus now, but he thought about him in a way, well, what can he do for me? Not what can I do for him? He was he had everything. You know, we, we, we know there's a world full of people <coughs> out there that claim to be in need. And there are people out there that are in need. And when we can help someone, we need to help help. And we need to understand that we, we need to help people that are willing to help themselves. You know, if, if you're not willing to help yourself, then there's no help for you. The church can help, but we have to be uh, do it by the means that God has given us. Members of the church, helping members of the church, we need to help one another. And we need to understand our responsibility to do that. And we need not go about biting and devouring one another. You know, there's 
enough confusion in the church today. There's enough division in the church today. Uh, good Lord willing, tonight we're going to deal with unity. And what unity means uh, to the church and what has happened with the unity in the church over the years. You know, uh, getting our way, wanting our way. You know, we want to do it God's way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. John 14, verse 6. Understanding the importance of it. And understanding not being willing to bite and devour one another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your right. You know, there's things that can anger us. There's things that can disturb us. What we need to realize that we all have, or should have, one purpose in life. And that's striving to go to heaven. That's doing what the Father has commanded of us. That's loving one another as He's loved us. That's understanding how much that He loved us. There are many that are, as Brother Johnson prayed in his prayer, that are uh, spending all to uh, do something that God has not commanded us to do. He did not command us to remember His birth, but He did command us to remember His death as we're going to do here, and we do here every Lord's Day that we meet. Remembering the death and burial of Christ, and remembering His body and blood, and understanding what it means to each one of them, and understanding that we uh, come together to worship Him in spirit and in truth, understanding that His Spirit is here among us this morning. We need to realize and understand that God is not pleased with the world that we live in. And we study there in, in Revelations. Understand this. Every nation that forgets God is bound for destruction. This nation has forgotten God. Yeah, they remember him on, uh, uh, sorry, they say they do, on December the 25th. That's his birthday. Where in the Bible does it say that? No. I finally got a haircut this week. And I noticed the two fellows was in the barber shop before me when they left the barber uh, wished them a happy birthday. <coughs> or uh, a Merry Christmas. And uh, when uh, they left, he got to talk, we got to talking about it, and I said, uh, I don't do Christmas. I said, I don't celebrate his birth. And he wanted to know why. And I told him, I said, nowhere in the Bible can I find that he told us to remember his birth, but he does tell us to remember his death, each Lord's day. Well, a uh, few more words were said, and he went about to cut at my heart. And, and when he got done, uh, and I left, he never wished me Merry Christmas. You know, I, I told him I invited him out. He hasn't showed up yet. But you know something? Uh, if we don't stand up and we don't tell people why we don't do these things, and we just go right along with them, they think, well, everything's okay. And we go go along and get along. No, I don't, I don't do that. So he hits it, hard. And I, there's a lot of things in life that's hard. Everybody and their brother for the next month. When we should be, be wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. You know, uh, uh, Christ ain't in it. And, and it 
started by the Roman Catholic Church. And, and it's a Christ mass. The massacre of Christ. And even the Bible tells us that the heathen was the one that cut down the tree and drug it into the house and fashioned it with nails and decorated the tree. So you know, why would I want to do something that a heathen does? You know, we have, they have contests of all the lights and, and decorating the houses. And they don't a bit more understand what they're doing. They're making a mockery of the Lord's birth. They're, they're doing something they, they remember or try to remember that, that he's alive and that, that he was born and, and they can understand that he was born and placed in the manger but he didn't say when but he did say work and at what time? Daniel 2 44 says in the days of these kings the kings the, the herds those kings that the God of heaven has set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed. And he would be born in the city of Bethlehem. He was born in the city of Bethlehem and he was laid in a manger. And I, I can't say that that manger was in the barn because I've done that one time. And Sister Jesse at Pastor said, don't say no we're in there that it, that manger was in the barn. And it really don't. All it says that he was laid wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger. So, you know, uh, we need to stick to what the Bible says and understand that that's what's going to judge us. Don't be angry. Tell people what they need to know. Be ready always, as Paul said, to defend the gospel. He said, I'm, I'm ready to defend the gospel. You know, and, and we need to be def defending the gospel. Telling people that these things are wrong. Look at the world we live in. Every holiday, one after the other, as soon as one's over, they're throwing the stuff off the shelf and putting the stuff up for the next one. And that's over with, they're throwing the stuff off the shelf and throwing up the next one. They talk about having their sales. Has anybody ever sat there and figured or went before one of these sales and checked the prices? And then went during the sale and checked the prices. And then went after the sale and checked the prices. You know, they call it a sale. Everybody thinks they're getting a bargain. You can make more money off a bargain sometimes than you can, you know, the regular price. If people think they're getting a bargain, then, see, that's, that's the mind. And controlling the mind. Understanding. Hostility. You know, don't fight and devour one another. Love one another. Paul wrote the full chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 on love. In the last verse he said, Now by the faithful charity, these three, and the greatest of these is charity or love. Loving one another. And if I love you, I'll tell you the truth. If I'll tell you the truth, I don't love the truth nor you. Truth is what makes us free.